0: Welcome to the Bethel World Outreach Church Podcast. It's our prayer that wherever you are in life, today's message will help you draw closer in your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. I'm beginning a short series today on on the love of God. And uh, uh, we're going to do an an abbreviated abbreviated version because we had to be... Uh, A bit brief in the 9 o'clock service Due to the time we had But it was enough time to Hopefully whet your appetite So that when you leave here you go searching And seeking after a greater revelation Of how much God loves you Hallelujah Say God is God is is. is. Love Love. It's important that we understand the love of God In fact after salvation I, I really am convinced The most important thing That You need to understand and pursue, and this is for a lifetime, is for a deeper and deeper, deeper revelation of how much God loves you. Amen? The scripture says God is love. He doesn't just have love. That is who he is. So everything God does is motivated by love. Everything. Everything. The things that we don't understand, the things we understand, the things that seem painful, the things that confuse us, If God is doing something, you can be absolutely sure the thing that is motivating him is love. God never acts from any other motive than love. So whenever God speaks to you and gives you counsel or tells you to do something or not to do something, you ought to be settled in your mind. He's being motivated by love for me. And that's why he's saying do this or don't do that. It's always love. No mixed motives, you never have to guess Concerning God, you know, what's motivating him? He's always motivated by love. Hallelujah. Say, God is love. Amen. Amen. I want to do a short series because it's so critical that we really, really grasp what God's love is and how God loves us. Remember Paul in his prayers in the book of Ephesians? One prayer that he said he was always praying over and over for the church was what? That they would know the love of God that passeth understanding That was his prayer constantly And that should be your prayer Constantly your prayer for yourself Constantly your prayer for the brethren Is that, oh God, we didn't know the love of God that passeth all understanding When you see someone depressed, someone discouraged Someone struggling That should be your prayer God, I pray for her, I pray for him That she beget a clearer and greater revelation of your love for her The source of all our spiritual problems is a failure to fully comprehend God's love for us That's the root of all our spiritual struggles The root of our depression The root of our discouragement The root of our, our uh, doubts and fears and worries and anxieties The root is a failure to fully comprehend That God loves us to the degree that God loves us Amen And so let this be your prayer all the time. And when you you go to the Scriptures, every day, go to the Scriptures in order to discover more and more the depth and height and breadth of God's love for you and for others. It will literally transform your life. Hallelujah. So let's begin a short journey today, and we'll continue tomorrow today. I want to begin looking at the love of the Father. Next week, Lord willing, we may look at the love of the Son. Hallelujah. But I pray that as a result of this series, you will avoid the mistake that many of us make of basing our relationship with God and our faith in God, our prayers to God, based on our love for God. Too often, it's our love of God for God that we think is sustaining the relationship with God. It's our love for God that is going to empower our faith. It's our love for God that will empower our prayers. And we got it all backwards. Your love for God, my love for God, is just too weak to sustain this relationship with God and to sustain us in a day of trouble. We need a a love that is far stronger than my human love. Thank God that love is God's love for us, and that love is available to us. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. My desire is that all of us would get to the place when we would start saying, I know, God, you always hear me when I pray. Who said that? Jesus, right? Yeah, I, and I pray we'll get that. God, I know you always hear me when I pray. There's never a time I pray and you don't hear me. Hmm? And I know you hear me when I pray, not because of my great faith, but I know you hear me when I pray because of your great love for me. God, it's not my faith I'm relying on for you to hear my prayers. And it's not my love for you that I rely on. It's your love for me. And since I know your great love for me, I know you always hear me when I pray. I know you always have my back. I know you will never leave me nor forsake me. I know I can always count on you, God, every single time because of your great love for me. We need to get to the point where We are continually in every situation In good times and bad times This is a constant I'm relying on God's love for me When I pray I'm expecting results Because I'm relying on God's love for me And the scripture says Love never fails My faith may waver And sometimes fail But even if my faith fails I know God's love for me Will not fail Hallelujah. Amen, that's the revelation I desire more for myself and I desire for you. First John chapter four, verse 10 says, "In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us." Here is love," the scripture says. It doesn't begin with your love for him, God. He says, "This is love. Here's what it's all about. This is where it starts. This is where the focus should be on God's love for us. In this is love, not that I love God. My boast is not in how much I love God. My boast is in how much God loves me. Raise two hands. Some of you haven't boasted for a while. Amen. It's okay to boast about God's love for you. So raise your hand and boast a little bit. Go ahead. In fact, talk to the person next to you and boast say, You don't know how much God loves me. If you just knew how much God loved me, you would never mess with me. If you just knew how much God loved me, you would know that when I talk to him, he always hears. Ayaba. So know. If you only knew how much God loves me, you won't trouble me. You will leave me alone. Hallelujah. Because the one who created the universe is madly in love with me. In fact, there's a verse of scripture in the book of Zephaniah that says that God literally rejoices over us with singing and that he dances over us. Can you imagine that? You know, we were trying to get you to sing and rejoice over God. And some of you were struggling, so we had to stop and say, okay, start again. This time, raise your hand, open your mouth, try to rejoice over God. And, And we were struggling. But God doesn't struggle to rejoice over you. The Bible said he sings. That's what Zephaniah said. He sings over you. He's dancing. Can you picture God right now? You know, while you were struggling to dance over him, he was just, oh, look at my children. Oh, I and he was just dancing over you and, and rejoicing over you with joy and with gladness. Hallelujah. Do you think your attitude would change and you will be less depressed if you really believe right now God was singing and dancing over you, that every time he thinks about you, he says hallelujah? <laughs> every time he thinks about you, he says my, my glory to me. <laughs> Glory to me, hallelujah. Look at my sons and my daughters. But ladies and gentlemen, that's reality. Our heavenly Father is not angry with us in Jesus. He's not there pointing fingers. He's actually singing over us and rejoicing over us. Like some of you sing over your babies and you rejoice over them. You hold them in your hands and you start to sing and you start to rejoice over them. Even when they mess up your clothes. Oh, poo-poo. Oh, I'm sorry. Do-do-do-do. Oh, let me hear you. Say hallelujah. Amen. Even when we mess up, God is still singing, dancing. Oh, how he loves you and me. Come on. Go ahead and hug yourself I love it. Say, oh, how he loves me. And how he loves you. Amen. You know, get out every morning. Begin every day doing that. You have a much better day. Walking in the sense of God's love That's why Jesus says we need to abide in that love In other words, we need to live in it Rely on it all the time Don't let anything cause you to forget How much God loves you Alright? So turn to first, first John chapter 4 We want to read from verse 16 and 19 Hallelujah and this is where we're going to make our comments this, this afternoon. Are you ready? First John 4, please. Verse 16. Together, let's read. And we have known and believed. You see, that's the need. The need is to know and believe. And that's where the struggle is. And much of the spiritual battle you're involved in, this is, this is where, what it's, a, it, it's concerning Satan doesn't want you to know And believe The love God has for you He's always pointing out to your lack of love you, you don't love God enough You don't do this enough You don't do that He wants to focus on that So you can be condemned When what the Holy Spirit wants to do Is to focus your attention On God's love for you Because, because this is what's going to happen We're going to read shortly, here in his love. In other words, this is how we actually have our own love perfected. Is when we know and believe God's love for us. So let's read on. God is love. Say that. God is love. William Barclay, who is is a commentator, in his commentary on this statement, he says, God is love. That statement, he says, is perhaps the single greatest statement in the Bible concerning God. Because that one statement concerning love answers so many questions regarding why God does what he does. For instance, why did God create you? God knew that many of us would rebel against him. Many of us would just do all kinds of things we shouldn't do. This world is not perfect at all. People are not perfect at all. God knew all of this, yet he created us. Why? The answer is God is love. And there's just something about love that when love is present Love wants to share Love wants to give Love wants to, to, to bless And so because God is love Even though he knew All of this would happen That love drove him Because love cannot exist in isolation The nature of love is that it wants to pour out that love Upon an object And to receive love in return So God created us Even though he knew All of this was happening Because he is love He created us to love us Oh, that was good <laughs> oh, I hadn't, No, that was good That came out of, out of heaven, amen I hadn't said that before, I like that God created us To love us Have you ever thought about that? God created you To love you And you know what, again I'm going to use the analogy of the children The reason you, if you're normal <laughs> The reason you have children is to love them you don't say I want a servant, I want someone to wash my dishes, wash my clothes, wash the car, do my errands so I guess I'm going to have a child to serve me. Anyone of you who have children that was the motivation? No. If you are normal, the reason you wanted a child was you had all this love on the inside of you and you just wanted to create a child in your image to love. That came straight from God. That's yeah, just a, what, you, what you're experiencing as a mother or father or someone who wants to have children is but a taste of what is motivated. What motivated God to create you? Isn't that wonderful? Okay, let's say one more time. God, God created, me created me to love me. So that's the reason for creation. That's also the reason why God gave you free will. Because love cannot be forced. For love to be loved, it has to be freely given. And for God to have a personal relationship with us, he he could not make us robots. You cannot have a personal relationship with robots. If God was just law and not love, he would have created us like, 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 like a clock, and just wound the whole system to just operate you follow me? Like a robot, no choice. Huh? But you cannot have a relationship with robots. I know some of us think we have a relationship with with, with the with the phone. <laughs> we hold it real close, right? But 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 the phone and it's just something missing, right? It, it's meeting a need, but so God didn't create iPhones. He created you and gave you what? A free will. You see, with the iPhone or your computer, whatever you push in, it just responds. It doesn't say no to you. But God gave you free will so that you can be able to say no. So you can be able to reject him. So that your love will not be forced. It'll be a choice. Huh? So, so God doesn't force you to love him, but what God does is he reveals his love to you, and the more you know his love for you, then you find yourself loving him back. Again, that's why we need to really get to know his love, because the result would be we'll start loving him back freely without being forced. So God's love explains free will. And of course, free will explains the, the reason why there's evil, because if there was no free will, if God created robots who always did what he did, none of the things that are in this world that are painful will exist. So the reason there's evil in the world is because God is love. And because God is love, he had to create man free. And once you give people freedom, it means they can choose to do wrong. Unfortunately, we chose to do wrong. So even the evil that is in the world is a result of his love. He loved us too much to make us robots, even to prevent evil. He wouldn't do that. He wants you to have a right to re- reject him. Or to choose him. How many of you have chosen him? But guess what, you chose him because he first chose you. So even your choice of him was a response to his choice of you. Come on, raise your hand and say, God is love. Come on, say, God is love. God is love. Wow. Alright. So, William Barclay says, another reason for for love, love explains creation, love explains free will, and love explains providence. When when, when theologians talk about providence, they're talking about the fact that God gets involved in our lives, and God causes things to happen. He's actively involved in creation. So, if he was just law, he could have simply created us, created the universe, again, to just function on the basis of laws, And not get involved And there's a whole philosophy called deism And the deists actually believe That that's exactly what the universe They believe there's a God But he created the world Wound it up And then just stepped back out of the world And he's just letting it work Based upon law He's not involved So prayer and all of that Is a waste of time Because the universe operates purely on the basis of law If God was only law That would be the case But he's love And because he's love There's providence In other words Having created He then cares for his creation. Are you hearing me? And that's why he gets involved. God loves you means God wants to be involved in your affairs. He wants to be involved in your life. He wants to care for you. My goodness, to God be the glory. So it answers the question of free will and even the presence of evil is answered by the fact that God loves us. Even the question of redemption. Redemption. Again, if God was just law He would just let the law have its course You sin, you die, you go to hell And that's it But because God is love, oh my goodness He had to seek to save That which was lost. He couldn't just sit back and say They messed up, they blew it, they broke the law The law said they should spend eternal hell So let the law have its course He's love, and because he's love He went on a search and rescue mission Oh my goodness, he couldn't just sit back and allow the objects of his love to go to hell because they had broken laws Or because they were under judgment, he had to intervene And that's what he did, he went on a mission to seek and to save all who were lost Took him to the cross, someone said it wasn't the nails that hang, that held Jesus to the cross It was love, because at will he could have set himself free The only reason he stayed on the cross and stayed on the cross until he died, was because of the Father's love for you and his love for you. Does somebody want to praise the Lord? I heard one person say, you got my permission to stand up and say hallelujah, and then you can sit back down. Remember, there's a Pentecostal church. In a Pentecostal church, you can stand up. In a Pentecostal church, you can interrupt the preacher from time to time, and you can say Hallelujah. And you know what that does? For a Pentecostal preacher, it gives him more strength and gives him more energy and motivates him to preach even more. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. So the, the whole issue of redemption is answered by the fact that God is love. Even the question concerning life after death. Again, if he was just mind, justice, law, okay, you live for your six or seven or whatever year, you die and it's over. But again because he is love He does not allow your life To end in death He raises you up So that he can continue to love you He created you to love you And he tends to love you for the rest of Eternity Do you see why I need And you need and we need To grow in our revelation Can you imagine the difference it would make If we really really believe that Hallelujah Amen Verse 17 Love has been perfected among us in this That we may have boldness in the day of judgment Because as he is So are we in his world Verse 18 There is no Let's read that together There is no fear in love But Perfect love, my goodness. Okay, my goodness. Perfect love will cast out fear. What this means is if we really believed in God's perfect love for us, we would fear nothing. Hmm? The reason you are afraid, the reason you're worried, the reason you're anxious, the reason you're insecure, the reason you go through those emotional ups and downs is because you and i do not fully believe in god's perfect love for us we struggle with that we we may mentally assent to it we may say it but for many of us it's not yet a reality in our hearts Again, that's why you should always be praying, God, grant unto me revelation of your love. I need to know the depth, the height of your love. I need that. God, grant it to my brother and sister. Because when we embrace God's love and come to truly know God's love for us, the result is we will start to lose our fears. Every fear I have in my life is An indication to some degree that I'm not yet perfected in God's love for me. I'm not walking in a perfect revelation of how much God loves me. To some degree, I'm still deceived by the devil in this area. But the more God's love for me, his perfect love for me, is revealed to me, and the more I walk in a perfect revelation of his God's love, guess what's going to happen to my fears? They're going to disappear. I will no longer fear judgment for my past sins because I will know the love of God took care of that. And therefore there will be no condemnation. I won't walk in any kind of condemnation at all. Hmm? I won't be afraid about anything that is happening now in my life. I won't wonder whether my needs are going to be met. I will never worry about what, whether I'm going to have enough for the day or enough tomorrow. I will always know that because of his perfect love for me, every need I have, my father has provided. Wasn't this what Jesus was getting at when in Matthew, he said to his disciples, Why are you worried and anxious about these things? What you will eat, what you will drink. The Gentiles, those who don't know me as father, you know, they worry about it. But it should not be so of you. He says, your heavenly father loves you. It is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He takes joy in giving you his kingdom. He knows all the things that you have need of even before you ask. He takes care of the birds of the air. He takes care of the lilies of the field. He even knows the number of hairs on your head. That's how much he loves you. He says your heavenly Father will will take care of you. And so when we're perfected in God's love or the revelation of that love, we really don't get up any morning and we're afraid because something's not happened. I didn't get the job. I didn't get the promotion. I got fired. You know what? You can't fire me from God's love. That, 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 nothing can separate me from the love of God. So, yeah, you can fire me from the job, but you can never fire me from being a child of God who God loves and who my father is committed to. Did you hear me? So it takes away all that fear and worry that so many of us continually find ourselves experiencing. And we're depressed and we're not happy. We're not joyful. Why? We're doubting the Father's love for us. And so we figure if I don't do something and do something quickly, there's nobody who's going to help me. No, your Heavenly Father will always be there for you. Amen. It takes away the fear for the future You don't know what the future holds But you know who holds the future And so you're able to relax in His love It takes away the fear of death Because you know that not even death Romans chapter 8 tells us Will not separate us from God's love To be absent from the body Is to be immediately present with the Lord God loves us too much for us to be Even for one second Separated from him The instant your, 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 your body ceases to live That very instant you're more alive than ever In the presence of God Not even death separates you from God And his love for one second You are destined, predestined In fact let me say that you are condemned to live forever in his presence Say hallelujah You are condemned to live forever in his presence And to experience his love forever Whether you want to or not You will never escape his love So if if you play the fool And say you're going to commit suicide Guess what Even suicide won't separate you From his love Oh come on Say father By your spirit Open my eyes that I may truly behold the length and depth of your love for me. Hallelujah. Verse 19. We love him because what? In other words, our love is a response to his love. So do do I want to love God? Yes. Should I love God? Yes. But what is going to cause me to truly love God is his love for me. His love for me. Hallelujah. So we know God loves us, and we know that because he loves us, the more we are perfected in that love is going to drive out our fears, right? And, and the question then is how much does he love me? Well, in nature we see his love, right? His love abounds in nature. It's all over the place. And he loves so much that he causes his, the sun to shine on the just and the unjust, the evil and the so-called good. God loves even those people who hate him. God loves even those people who cuss him every day. Look, I've heard some people that talk about God and the language they use. My goodness, I don't know how God allows them to continue to live. And yet you look at those people, they're doing well. He's still letting the sun shine, still letting the rain fall, still letting the economy work, still allowing their businesses to prosper. What is that? It's love God is love If you go to hell You got to fight to go to hell You go to hell You go to hell Because you're resisting God's love All the way God is not there Okay you mess up No 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 He doesn't want anyone to perish So all of those who are going to hell They fought God To go to hell Hallelujah The Bible says his goodness is meant to lead them to repentance The reason why God allows the wicked to be blessed And enjoy blessings still Is so that they can come to him And receive life So we see God's love in nature. Nature nature describes, nature demonstrates, nature reveals God's love. But the greatest, the greatest manifestation expression of how much God loves us is found in the fact that the Bible says he loved us and gave his son, gave his son. As a propitiation for our sins That is the greatest demonstration And manifestation of God's love for us It is in Christ Jesus So if you really want to know the depth of God's love You can receive some revelation just from looking at nature But the greatest picture The greatest demonstration, the thing that proves And should convince you and me beyond a shadow of a doubt That God loves you Is what God did for us in Jesus The Bible says he gave his son Now, I can imagine Being able to give my life I could give my life for somebody I could, I could certainly give my life for my wife. I could give my life for someone. And I can imagine many of you, there are some people who you would be willing to die for. You would take a bullet so they can live. But I cannot imagine myself or you being willing to give the life of your child for that of somebody. That part, I cannot imagine any scenario where I would say take my son's life to save yours. Can you imagine that? I can't. It's it's it surpasses my understanding. In fact, there are some people who reject God, the God of the Bible, because they say they cannot worship a God who would give up his son. Cuz in their mind that it's not love. It, it, they cannot comprehend that. They can never imagine themselves doing that. And so that a God would give up his son to save somebody else in their mind because they can never imagine themselves doing that. They cannot accept that. Yet, while you would never do it, I would never do it. I wouldn't even con- con- consider that as an option. God made a decision that for you, And from me, he would not withhold even his very own son. My goodness, if God would not spare his son for you, what else does he have to do to prove to you how much you mean to him? What else does he have to do to convince you you're the apple of his eye? To convince you he loves you more than anything. And that he desires you more than anything. That the greatest desire of his heart is to have you in his life. And for him to be in yours. Did you hear me? And so the Bible says God demonstrated, God proved God showed his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved, so loved to this degree, God so loved to this degree that he gave his only begotten son for you. I know you've heard this and maybe you've heard it so often it may be cliche, but it's still the truth. If you were the only one who needed to be saved. God values you and wants you in his life and wants to be in your life so much that just for you alone, he would have been willing to offer up his son. Now next week, I'm going to talk about the son's love because I don't want you to think that his son was offered up against his will. Because the scripture says the son also loves you just like the father loves you. So we'll talk about the love of the son next week. But right now, I want you to see the love of the father that he was willing to give up his son The love of the son is that he was willing To be given up Say God is indeed love Yet we hear it We assent to it but again the fact that we still Worry we're anxious we're afraid We're discouraged we're going from One place to another We're still looking for love from one person To another indicates that Deep down in our heart, we're still struggling to believe this. But watch this. There's something Jesus said that is even harder to believe. We struggle to believe God loves us. But just the eve before his death, Jesus was praying. And in his prayer, Jesus said something about God's love that if it were not Jesus who said it, I would find it hard to even consider But even though Jesus said it, it's still something I struggle with and you struggle with to truly, truly believe because it's really beyond imagination. Look at John chapter 17, verse 23. Jesus is praying. This is called the the high priestly prayer of Jesus and he's interceding for the church, he's interceding for you, he's interceding for me, and I want you to listen to what he prayed. Go to John 17, please, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 23. Jesus is praying, and here's what he prays. He says, says, Father, I'm praying for them. The glory you've given unto me, I've given them. John 17, 23, the glory you've given to them, I've given to you. uh, The glory you've given to me, I've given to them. Father, I pray that they be one. And then he says in verse 23, let's read it together. I in them and you in me, that they may be what? Perfect in one and, watch this, this is the prayer, that the world may know that you have what? Sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Now, 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 listen to that. Jesus said, God, I don't just want them to know that you love them as much as you love me. I want your love for them to be so evident that the world knows you love them as much as you love me. What is it going to take for the world to know that God loves you as much as he loves Jesus? It's going to take a lot of answers to prayers. It's going to take his glory being manifested in and through you. It's going to take his power flowing through you. Amen. In other words, Jesus doesn't just want you to know God loves you as much as he loves you. He wants the love that God has for you to be so evident that even people who don't know him will look at you and say, My, my, tell me, how is it that God loves you so? How is it that every time you pray, you get an answer? Uh, how is it that, that, that God just keeps favoring you? How is it that all things just keep working together for your good? Even the bad things end up for your good. Even when people lie upon you and they put you in prison and they lie upon you, and all, at the end, you, you get out of prison and you end up being prime minister. Why is it that every time they try to do you evil, the evil they intend works for your good? Why is it that it seems that God is just always favoring you? It's evident. That's the degree to which God wants even the world But the world will never know that And we don't know that So we first need to become convinced Listen, because this is, this is so huge That if it was not Jesus saying it You would struggle Jesus is saying it's not just that God loves you But you need to understand God loves you to the same degree That he loves me Now think about it you, I, can, do you even dare To believe that You are sitting here And Jesus just said Father I'm praying so they can know this you know, It's a fact it's, not, it's, not, it's a fact God loves you Just as much as he loves Jesus God does not love Jesus any more than he loves you God will not favor Jesus Any more than he favors you To the same degree God looks at his son And loves him God looks at you And loves him, just the same. God doesn't have favorites. Where Jesus is his favorite, and all of us are children. But Jesus, no. What Jesus saying? You need to know this. I'm a favorite, but you're a favorite, and God loves us equally. There's a place where Jesus says, "You know what? In this day, I won't even have to pray for you." He says, "You will pray, and the Father will hear you, because the Father loves you." Just as much as he loves me. Do you see how far we are from that revelation? And can you imagine how you will live, how you will pray, how you will relate to people, how people's actions will affect you, how circumstances will affect you if you really, really was grounded in this fact and you walked every day conscious of this reality, I am loved by God to the same degree that God loves Jesus. This is why we must continue to pray, because if we truly got this revelation, all the murmuring, all the complaining, the depression, the discouragement, all will vanish. All the fears will leave us, and we'll find ourselves like Jesus in the midst of the storm being able to sleep. Why was Jesus able to sleep in the midst of the storm? He knew he was in his father's hand. He was relaxing in his father's love. There was a time when Peter was afraid But then there's another time when Peter is able to sleep Even though they're planning to kill him the next day Why? Peter has grown in the revelation Of the father's love for him He had come to a place where he was believing You know what? The father loves me Just like he loves Jesus So what I'm going to do right now is relax in his love And go to sleep And let him love me through this situation Instead of relying on my faith I'm going to rely upon his love To take me through this So I'm not going to spend all night praying and praying and praying and praying. You know what? I'm going to pray. Then I'm going to rely on his love and go to sleep. Wow. Raise your hands. Say, Father, open my eyes so that I may truly know that you love me to the same degree that you love Jesus. That is absolutely awesome. And so over the next few weeks, as we look at this series, hopefully all of us will grow in that revelation. What I want to do is to challenge you to begin this week, begin to pray this prayer for yourself. Begin to pray this prayer for others. And every day begin to meditate on this reality. God loves you as much to the same degree as he loves Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, when this gets into your heart and you start relying upon God's love for answers to your prayers, not your faith, you start relying upon God's love for breakthroughs in your circumstances, then you know what's going to happen. Not only will your fears leave, you will find yourself becoming more and more bold. You will start to talk differently. You will start to act like, like, like David. David. And you hear me? You will look at Goliath and Goliath is trying to intimidate you. And you say, you don't know how much God loves me, huh? (laughs) If you only knew that God loves me as much as he loves Jesus, you would run and hide. Amen? So since you don't know this day, I will show you. I'm going to feed your head to the birds. David began to talk to Goliath to his problems with great boldness Because David knew that he had a covenant with God And God was for him So this is what Paul is driving at Go to Romans chapter 8 verse 31 and we're going to end there This is the attitude that you will find yourself demonstrating Instead of being intimidated by trouble Intimidated by people Intimidated by circumstance When you're rooted and grounded in how much God loves you And you really really know that God loves you as much as you love Jesus You'll begin to look at giants Problems, difficulties, challenges Hard situations, whatever they are And you're not going to be intimidated about them. You're going to start speaking to them. You're going to start asking some questions. You're going to start reminding them of some things that they ought to know because God loves you. Listen to what Paul wrote. What then, say that with me, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us. Yeah, you see when you know God loves you like you love Jesus, when problem come you say listen, if God is for me who are you? What are you? How can you expect to succeed against me? Don't you know God is for me? Even if you crucified me on the third day because God is for me, I'm going to rise again. Did you hear me? Even if you put me in prison, I'm going to end up on the throne. You just, you just, you just, you need to understand if God is for me, that means God is for me and against anything that is against me. God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Are you hearing me? You're going to start talking to your problems and asking some questions. Go to the next verse. He who did not spare Have you Have you considered that The next time problem confronts you And you're being intimidated to be afraid Look at the problem and say listen He who did not spare His own son That means he loves me as much as he loves Jesus He was willing to give Jesus for me He did not withhold his son Tell me if he delivered Jesus up for me How How the question is Obviously the answer is it can never happen it is impossible. How? Everybody say that. How shall he not with him also, say what? Freely. If God loves me as much as he loves Jesus, then everything I need he will supply freely. I don't have to work for it. He's not going to ask me to deserve it. He's not going to ask me to merit it. It's going to be given free of Child The devil says You got to work for it The devil says You got to do this way The devil says God didn't say No no If you are still Trying to work for your blessings You don't know That God loves you As much as he loves Jesus But if you know God loves you As much as he loves Jesus As his very own child You know you're not Going to have to work for Earn or deserve anything He's simply going to supply your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. No charge to you because fathers who love their children don't make their children pay for food. Don't make their children pray for, for a place to stay. Don't make their children pay for clothes. Don't make their children pay for their education. No, 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 don't make their children pay for their hospital bills. Fathers who love their children freely supply all the needs of their children. Say hallelujah, amen. And your love compared to the father's love, is the Bible called evil. As much as you think you love your children, Elder Emmanuel, your love compared to the fathers is evil. And if you be evil, Still do not charge your children for their needs. How much more will your heavenly Father, who loves you with a perfect love, supply all your needs, not according to your riches, but according to his riches in glory, and he will do it by Christ Jesus. Somebody said, amen. Say, hallelujah. He will freely. With him. Say with him. So really, if you took some time to meditate upon that, you will realize that what he's saying is when he gave you Jesus, he already had anticipated every need you have and everything you needed, and whatever need was in Jesus. When he gave you Jesus, with Jesus came everything else. Without charge. So the fact is he's already given you with Christ. Everything you need He's now waiting for you to come up with a need For him to figure out how to do it He already knew your needs And when he gave you Jesus Everything If I say to you Elder Yemi I'm giving you a new 2020 BMW Uh Is it what's the later? Is it 745 or are they going beyond that? All right. Will you say to me, okay, Bishop, will you give me the four tires too? Will you say to me, Bishop, how much do the four tires cost? No. You know when I give you the car, the tires came at no charge to you. Somebody say amen. amen. Oh, you got to say the Father loves you so much When he gave you Jesus Everything else that you need for life and godliness Everything you need to sustain your life Until Jesus comes back Has already been given to you All things have been supplied My God has and shall always supply all of your needs According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus Somebody stand to your feet and say Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Thank you God For loving me so in Jesus name And everybody said Amen. Amen And everybody said Amen And everybody said Amen Glory be to God Now I raise your hands to heaven And let this be your prayer now And always say Father God I know That you love me As much As you love Jesus but I need to grow in this revelation. Keep revealing the depth and the height of your love for me. May my heart be totally convinced in all circumstances that you love me to the same degree as you love Jesus. In Jesus name. Let this revelation that God is love and God loves you as much as he loves Jesus be the foundation upon which you build All of your relationships Are you hearing me? Let this be the foundation upon which you build your life Never let anything or anyone steal that revelation from you Hear me If you will build your life On the revelation of God's love for you Since God's love cannot fail Because the scripture says love never fails You will never fail either In Jesus name What looks like failure Will actually end up working For your good Raise two hands to heaven And just thank God for a second Just thank him 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 Thanks for listening today. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. To learn more about Bethel or to support this ministry financially, please visit us at www.bethelcityofhope.com. You can also connect with us via Facebook or Instagram at Bethel City of Hope. Thanks again. Have a great day.